Welcome to the Real Voices Podcast, where we explore the personal journeys of real estate professionals through their own unique challenges and successes. Real Voices is brought to you by Equitable Title and Escrow, providing a better approach to title and escrow through team support and innovative services. Welcome, welcome to another episode. We have another great guest with us. We have Woody Livingston with us. Thanks so much for joining us, Woody. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, um, I we've had some great conversation beforehand. Um, I always I, I love what we're talking about before, um, but I just wanted to start off with just trying to get get to know you a little bit better about who you are as an individual, what brought you into the industry, um, who you're with. Can you tell us a little bit about about yourself and your industry. Okay, okay so I am a real estate agent with HomeSmart. Um, I've been an agent for a little over a year now. I guess almost two years. Um, prior to that, I spent a number of years actually more than a year than I want to admit, uh, in the home inspection field. So I've been, you know, de- directly tied to real estate, working with buyers primarily uh, to make sure that they knew what they were buying and with working with a lot of buyers agents. Um, lived here in the Valley since 1990, married a girl from Tempe. She doesn't like the snow, so <laughs> bye Colorado. And hello Tempe, hello Arizona. Raised our family here, just, uh, just a great time. You know, try and be active in the community. It's a little bit different now that the kids are all grown, so I'm not forced to be active in, in high school all stuff right. and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's been a great life. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So you said just a little over a year um, beforehand, you kind of had an opportunity to see the industry, not in on the inside, but as an agent. Um, I guess what has been the different perspective that you have now that you're a real estate agent compared to? inspections well it's kind of interesting because i i without having a formal mentor i've actually had actually probably a dozen or so great agents that you know i built a relationship with over the years and um, many of them were actually encouraging me to become a real estate agent for years and they would talk about the being able to develop the relationships with the clients when you're doing the inspection you know you're there you see them for maybe half an hour an hour at the end of the inspection or whatever and talk to them and all that um, but obviously in the process of working with somebody and finding a home and then maybe helping their family members find homes, it's a longer term relationship. And they, I think they kind of saw that I really thrived on that a lot. Um, maybe they saw that I talked a lot and <laughs> thought I would, it would be better for me to talk at somebody else's inspection instead of theirs. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, so they were really encouraging and have been, um, that's one thing that is just fascinating to me about being in the real estate business is the, generally speaking, I think the willingness of so many people to share, to share their knowledge. And, you know, I've got some knowledge and experience that, that uh, people like to ask me about now and, you know, say, hey, can you translate this inspection report for me or whatever, right. what, what is it we're supposed to do? And I'll look at it and try and do my best for them that way. I think those things are important that, um, you, you know, you kind of come to the industry with different different tools um coming out of the i think coming into the industry out of high school you struggle trying to figure out where where you fit and who and where so i I don't know an industry that you come into out of high school that you don't (laughs) struggle including college (laughs) exactly exactly so you know i I think there's something to having some other experiences before you you come into the industry just having some other background and uh, people you can reach differently you know for years I, i actually owned the master franchise for the home inspection company that i that i owned uh, for Arizona, and I would have really young people um, approach me about buying a franchise. And, you know, there was money in it for me to sell them a franchise, but I don't know if it's just the, the dad factor that kicks in or whatever, 
But, um, you know, I'd try and talk with them and say, you know, in my own life, before I owned my own business, I worked for some really great companies and some not so great companies. But, um, you know, a certain cable company here in the valley, (laughs) uh, I worked for them uh, for many years and really learned a lot from them. And they paid me to learn a lot. And that's just incredible, valuable experience. I I firmly believe in, in, you know, advanced education, college, and and all of that, to learn what you need to learn to know, to thrive in life. But there's also just a lot of stuff that's fun to know. And so, you know, the the people skills, um, the accountability, I I know this is really funny. I shouldn't admit this in public, but one of the reasons that I really wanted to have my own business more than anything else is because my managers at uh, that large cable company in the advertising sales were always, you know, wanting projections, wanting projections. And I'm like, I don't know what people are going (laughs) to buy. And I thought, you know, if I get rid of that, then I won't have to have that anymore. Guess what? As soon as you own a business, (laughs) you got to know, you got to be figuring that out. For sure. And it's more important than ever. So, so I would really tell anybody that's really young thinking about going in the business, it's a phenomenal business to get into, but there's all kinds of things that you can learn in other places. And if you, if you do decide to go to school and get your license, that's great, but don't let that, and, and it doesn't matter what age are don't let that be the end of your education on it you know the the law requires you to have a certain amount of continuing education but you can learn so much from people and i would say you know find find those people that are willing to to give you their knowledge and and you know pump them for all the all the information they'll give to you (laughs) right and and listen to them and then do what you want to do anyway but (laughs) at least listen to them (laughs) prove them right by doing the opposite i hear you i hear you (laughs) So you mentioned something uh, a little bit earlier um, that one of the reasons they were telling you to get in was because of the, the people as the relationship building aspect. Um, so you're not you're not like a cold caller. You're not on the phones pounding pounding out the phones all the time. How does that? How does that? <laughs> you know, it's really funny because right when I got in the business, um, <coughs> excuse me, one of the agents that was mentoring me told me about this this uh, affiliate that did great things and everything. Hey, hey, you really need to get in touch with them. So I I did, you know, and they said, hey, by the way, we know about this great website and all that kind of stuff. And I said, yeah, that's great. Well, it is just flat out too much. I I own it still. I'm still paying on it every month, but it, it is so much more of the, you know, just generating massive numbers of leads and being on, and I'm just not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to, if you, <laughs> as you've started to notice here, I tend to open my mouth and talk <laughs> to people and I'm not too shy about that. Um, and, and that's where I've, you know, been finding my clients is just people that I know, people, um, that I meet, you know, my wife and kids tease me because back when I was growing a garden a lot, I would have a whole bunch of tomatoes and I'm like, well, what am I going to do with these? So I throw them in a paper bag and bring them around the neighborhood and see somebody on their way into their house. You need tomatoes (laughs) and that kind of stuff. And, and it's just fun. You get to know people and all that. And, uh, really in the process, especially now working with buyers where it takes so much to really find a, a house for most people, um, you get to know them and you just truly, you get to love them and, and they become dear friends. And, you know, I'm old enough that a lot of my clients have been kind of like adopted kids after right. a while. And, right. and my kids will probably be upset when those people get Christmas <laughs> presents and my kids don't, I don't know. But, well, anyway. I can appreciate that. Um, a lot of the times, especially coming in early on, um, the thought is that you have to make a, all those cold calls and that's how you have to build your business and that's how it's built. But I just appreciate the aspect of it really is a relationship long-term business 
And, um, you know, cold calling new friends is a really hard way to to find new friends, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not one to call up my friends, and, and I've been kind of shy about it. And I've got, you know, a couple of responsibilities in my community and my church and things like that, and I, I do not want to leverage my faith right. for for, uh, for, for food. Uh, money. For, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, I've owned my own, been in business for myself for decades and never done that. And I, I, I don't believe in being shy about your faith, right. but I also don't believe in, well, well this uh, church leader that we had years ago, I think it was Marvin J. Ashton one time said that if, if anybody comes to you and, and gives us their primary reason you should do business with them, the fact that they go to church with you, then you need to hold onto your wallet with both hands and run. <laughs> you know? And I, I, I like kind of firmly believe that. Um, and, you know, that's part of life too, is just meeting people of various faiths and backgrounds and just, you know, I've, I've made Muslim friends that were refugees and just hearing that experience and, and all that kind of stuff. And people that look just like me, like you and I look just like each other, you know, and we have so much in common <laughs> because of that. But, you know, it, that's what makes life fun, you know, right. and being able to really represent people and, you know, sometimes seeing through some of the the garbage that's out there in, in right. the world and saying, okay, in order to represent this client well, I'm going to have to be a little bit of a bulldog for him and, and you know, maybe push push things a little bit better because the way the world's set up, it, it, it doesn't really favor them. We've got to mm -hmm. make sure that they're on that equal footing and, and protecting them that way and advocating for them that way. It's, it's kind of fun. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you know, outside of the everyday challenges, you know, finding homes for your clients and those type of things. What do you think is kind of your biggest struggle right now? Um, where, where are you feeling your biggest frustration is? With my industry or yeah. in my life yeah. in with general? Your, with your industry. Are you, are you Dr. Marlowe here? <laughs> no, we can't we can get to life a little later. <laughs> You're getting a new But just in the industry, just kind of what's, what's, what's frustrating um, for you? You know what? It, it is interesting. Um, I've, I've met a lot of people that just say, you know, houses and mostly people that have been around the block a little bit with me. Uh, that say, you know, houses are so expensive right now. I'm going to wait. I, I just need to wait until, you know, the prices come down. Well, 15 years ago, m nobody thought that way, right? Because right? nobody had ever seen prices come down. Then we had that, you know, tumble. Right. Well, I'm old enough again. I remember 1990, you know, and we had a little thing called the savings and loan mm -hmm. crisis, and things went down. So things do go up and down. But but trying to help people understand now, again, because you care about them, right. um, that there's a lot of forces in, in play right there, right now. And interest rates are really low. Um, tons and tons of people are moving to Arizona. There's tons of demand for housing. And guess what? I think everybody that pays attention to anything knows that inflation is either solidly here right now mm -hmm. or coming. And the cost of everything that goes into building that house is not going to go down. Right, right. So you have the chance to lock in your housing costs for 30 years, um, pretty pretty well, pretty, right? And you know, have that part of your life be secure. Mm -hmm. You probably ought to think about doing it. You know, right. make sure you're in the place that you want to be for the next X amount of time. And it's probably more urgent now that they do that than it has been in many years. And that's th that's kind of the thing. And most of my clients kind of see that, understand that. 
Um, but you know, we're all that human. Leap, we st- that leap of faith. Yeah. yeah. We're all human. You know, right. we, we yeah. get the sticker shot, you yeah. know, I moved into this neighborhood X number of years ago and we paid a hundred thousand <laughs> right. for our house. And now they say it's worth half a million. You gotta be crazy. You know, it's crazy. I didn't well, do anything to this place. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's true. Those people right. might not have earned anything by right. just owning that house for a few years, but, but they'd have, they have, yeah, that is, that's an interesting uh, perspective. I, yeah, it's, it's tough trying to help people understand that. I actually just read a quote. I don't remember where I saw it at or who said it, um, but it was, it was something along the lines that you don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and then wait. Um, I said that. Oh, was no, that just you? Kidding. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll claim to. I, I thought that was, a, that was grandma. Yeah, that. And as a when I was doing mortgages, I kind of taught people along those lines. I'm like, if you're trying to make this a, as an investment, then then we look at it that way. But if you're buying a home, then you don't really look at it that way. Is it a good place to raise your children, the family, the the memories and things that you build there, uh, will far away and outstrip the profit. And if you happen to get some along the way, then that's icing on the cake. But it's just you know you need to be how how are you looking at that particular? Is this a an asset or investment what is this for you yeah and it's really fun to to see people kind of go through that in fact i had a um a couple that i was working with as as buyers earlier this year and this guy is a financial guy i mean he's got his he might have a master's degree in finance he's definitely got a bachelor's in finance and he thinks numbers right and he um i mean they were they bought their first home and then built an additional dwelling unit there you know Mm -hmm. so they had a little rental income and all that and when I was working with them, it was to buy the next one, and then he wanted to do the same thing. And we were going around, and, and because of his work schedule and stuff, I had opportunity to look at several houses with his wife. And I got this feeling that she was looking for a home. She wasn't necessarily looking for the investment, you know. And he, you know, we get to be really good friends, and he kind of opens up with me about his plans. He's got a great corporate job now, but he's got a little side gig going on that he wants to get going. And again, the dad mode kind of kicks in or whatever. And I said, you know, here's what, here's what I might suggest to you. Make sure that she's comfortable and she's happy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that partnership is solid, you know. Right. And the other stuff will kind of come into play. But if you have it where she's not, it's really going to make the this, this financial side hard. It's right. going to make your going towards your goals and aspirations hard. So, you know, he was a wise man he listened to my <laughs> advice <laughs> you're right anyway but anyway he, he, they really did that and they looked and found a home that actually had an apartment already as part of it which was great you know and they were patient enough to do that but now she's the one that she'll she'll reach out to me and she goes you know what i think this place could have another dwelling you know put on <laughs> you know, so because she's confident in her living situation she you know, they can go on together and move forward. And I think that that's really important that families, whatever the family looks like, you know, individuals, households, whatever it looks like, that everybody that's in that game kind of needs to be on the same page, you know. Even and the kids. Even the kids. Even the kids. Yeah. Now, sometimes yeah. We, we don't think about um, what, you know, even their perspective. Like, we don't really know what's going on with them. And just bringing them into a, hey, we're thinking about moving. What are you thinking? What do you think? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've and I've I've been with those families when they finally did an offer, accepted on the house, and they bring the kids over, and the kids are kind of like this, and then they see the pool, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, right. or or they see the cute girl that lives next right. door, and it's like, yeah, okay, we can live here, you know, and it's like, okay, whatever it takes, you know. Right, right. 
Cool. Thank you. Um, so just kind of talking about um, family, I, I like to kind of discuss a little bit about your upbringing and what it was like for you and who you who you looked up to as a kid. What, what was that like for you when you're, you know, taking back as a kid? Who was it that where you're like, man, I want to be like that person? You're going to get me all emotional here. So uh, I had, I think they invented a lot of words to describe my family after you know, I'd grown <laughs> up. Um, back in the day, my mom had some mental and emotional issues. She was called manic depressive then. I think they'd call it bipolar now. Mm-hmm. She was sweet. There was, there was, you know, never the, any of the real, real bad stuff that I know does happen. My dad was al- also alcoholic. And so that just had a lot of uncertainty in my life. And um, there were some amazing people, uh, church, church friends that just kind of drew me in and my, my sister in and different families or whatnot, and my brother. And uh, we all had that. But as I've gotten older, I've also realized that that extended family was incredible. Both sets of grandparents were incredible. I don't remember either set of grandparents criticizing who their child married right? Mm -hmm. Which in that kind of situation could be a lot, right? (laughs) Right? Um, And I don't, honestly, I don't even remember my parents putting us in between. You know, they ended up getting divorced and all that. And I don't, I don't remember that. That may have happened some, but I don't remember that. But as I've gotten older, and I will answer your question, I promise. (laughs) As I've gotten older, just realizing that both of my parents did the best they could has been incredibly liberating to me, and I appreciate them more. My dad's been gone now 10 years. My mom's been gone almost you know, 25 years or so now. Um, but I appreciate them more for doing the best they could. And so really those people, the, the people you ask on who I really admired, I, even still, I just kind of want to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Now I get to be a grandpa, which is really cool. <laughs> but, um, but Growing up, if you were to ask me what I wanted to be, uh, everybody wants, back then, and everybody wanted to be a cowboy for a while. Everybody wanted to be a football star. Everybody, you know, for a little while, I never even dreamed I would be a rock star. I just didn't (laughs) have that kind of rhythm or voice or anything. But everybody wants to do something like that, you know. But really, the one thing I just really wanted to make sure I did was being a dad, and that has absolutely brought the most joy in my life that I can. Um, so much so that, like I say, you know, now I meet people that are a little bit younger than me, and it's kind of like, okay, here's the adoption paperwork, you know. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll meet somebody that's quite a bit older than me, and I'll want to be adopted. You know, so. <laughs> right, right. I, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard when you're, you're a kid trying to figure out what your parents are doing. I think it's because we, we idolize them, right? We just assume they know everything, yeah. and, they, and they don't. We're all, they're young, and they're growing up trying to raise themselves with us and so yeah um it takes a i guess a, a mature mind to kind of reach back and really realize that that what's happened so and 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 you i a mature mind you could also say old age <laughs> but i mean yeah you just realize that things go on and then a little bit of experience you know you don't have to look far i don't care what stage of life you're in you don't have to look far to find people that have it harder than you or at least that you're not willing to trade your troubles with right you know and yeah. um to really be to recognize when you're blessed and you know i've been married for <laughs> years to <laughs> to the most incredible woman that that has just been patient with me and and everything and um just a lot to be thankful for and you know it's it's great you know in, in the day and age that we live in now to be able to have a lot of the artificial barriers Mm-hmm. broken down and see people in whatever family situation they've decided to create right. for themselves 
um, or maybe they're transitioning from one family situation to another and to, to see them do that and still realize, you know, that, wow, they're a child of God just like everybody else mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're doing the best they can. And um, one thing that my dad taught me early on was just don't do anything that hurts people. Do no harm, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you, you might not be able to help anybody, but make sure that you don't hurt them. Right. You know, so. It's a good, good motto. Yeah. I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate um, so I, I sound, you know, I like to ask, you know, what are you most proud of? But I, I, I get a sense for you, you know, just your, your family and, and um, what you're able to do there. Um, so just I want to talk about maybe something that you've, you've learned along the way that maybe changes your your thoughts, um, life. Um, someone you've run into that maybe just made you think a little bit different about where, where you were going. Um, there's oh, something man. you think of. Oh man, um, so many. Um, you know, just just those those quiet moments where you see um, maybe you see somebody pass. My wife's mother. Supposed to get emotional when you talk that's about your mother-in-law. Not this a, kind a, of emotion. That's a good thing. If that's your voice cracks, <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, anyway, she passed away a week ago or so. Sorry about that. And uh, but it was good. It, but it was uh, it was good that it happened because it was after ten years of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And you know, frankly, my wife and I for for years have prayed that the time would come when she was ready. You know, because mm -hmm. we didn't want to see her suffering like that. But then to reflect back and to, to count as real true blessings all those little things that were able to happen along the way. And then the years and years before of just delightful times and the fact that she raised the woman that I married to and, and all that kind of stuff has, has just been really amazing. My wife's father passed away very suddenly, you know, and he was a guy that was just everything that I'm not, you know, got one job out of high school, worked for, <laughs> worked for Garrett Air Industries in Tempe for his entire life, you know, retired from them when they were Honeywell and s literally started out, you know, sweeping the warehouse floor and ended up running the whole shipping department and all that kind of stuff. Just an amazing guy because he just showed up every day, mm -hmm. you know, and very unassuming and all of that. But again, once you look at the totality of his life, and the friendships that he made and the people that he served and what he did for his family in his way was incredible. You know, I used to, <laughs> I had to lie about him when I was starting a project around my house. It's like, yeah, I'm putting up ceiling fans, but don't come over <laughs> because he didn't believe in reading instructions, right? But he would be the guy that if he finds out I'm putting up ceiling fans, he's over, you know, and he lived an hour away, you know? It, it, so it, it was those things that you just really love about him. And um, yeah, so I have no idea what you asked. Oh me no, before. those were the that's <laughs> the, the lessons. The lessons. So those are, you know, I, again, just watching people. Um, I, I I like to let people know you have no idea how many people are watching you, like from afar, close up. Um, every every little thing you're doing. Um, I just had an instance in the grocery store the other night. It was a case of mistaken identity. Guy thought I was looking at some girl. He's like, man, I saw you looking at that. I was like, what did he just say? And as I walked out the door, I'm like, man, he thought I was just checking out that girl. I don't know what I did to make him think that. But it just, I it realized that, I mean, he was across the store and he saw something. Um, how much people are watching you and the just most unassuming things. Um, and so you just, I think you should just always be on. Um, if that's who you want to be, you, you always need to be on. You, you got to be on, but you got to be on the true. Right. You, you exactly. Gotta, you got to, um, 
so you know, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mm -hmm. and uh, grew up with an alcoholic dad. And uh, when I was in high school, he was going through DTs, sobering up, and lived in a tiny little town. And guess who went and bought him his pint of Sunnybrook whiskey so that he'd get through it, right? Well, you know? Mm -hmm. And back in that day, <laughs> you know, you could. Right. Right. <laughs> they, the, the teenage kid drove up to the, the, <laughs> the one liquor store in town, and they sold it to me. Right. And for all I know, they knew who my dad was and knew, yeah, he was, he's probably about right. that time. Man, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and then, you know, I have gone in where, where other people were just really, really sick and needed, you know, some cigarettes or something, mm -hmm. you know. And I thought, you're walking out of this smoke shop or walking out of whatever, and you just bought a pack of cigarettes or whatever. Is anybody going to see you? And I thought, well, the one guy that's going to see me, that it really matters, knows why I'm doing it. Right. So, so who cares? Then who cares, yeah. you know. And, and I hope I don't hurt anybody's feeling or, or anything like that. You don't want to go out there and be in somebody's face, but you do, you try and do what's right, you know. Right. Um, one time I worked for a really, <laughs> I think I bounced around all over the place, which I kind of <laughs> did, I guess, for a few years. Um, but I worked for a huge company, um, and uh, they put us through a week of, of ethics training, and we had to literally all fly into their main area and sit there and watch videotapes that shows how long ago it was. <laughs> watch videotapes on ethics training they didn't even have anybody there to do it right and at the end the the chairman of the company the guy whose last name was mcdonald as in mcdonald douglas tell you who it was comes on and he says you know about all of this matters is that if i'm sitting on the couch watching 60 minutes and my mother's on this side and my daughter's on this side and they have a story about me I want to be able to sit there and watch the whole show. With them. I don't want to have to change the channel, you know. And that's kind of really what it what it comes down to. And and when you're blessed to have people you care about in your life, that means something to you, and what what you represent means something to you, then it helps you to make the right decisions, you know. And yeah. we're in a business that, you know, you're going into other people's houses. Mm -hmm. You're a guest in their home. You need to treat their property re with respect. Um, you know, you sit down and you're going over things that really matter to people with the contracts and things like that. And you just really, really got to think, okay, if, if somebody was to, you know, if my entire family was to watch this, would my mother slap me with my, <laughs> would my daughter cry? You know? so, That's a great, great. As long as you can keep your mother from slapping you, you're doing pretty good in life, I think. So. I like that. I like it. I think it was something you posted. Um, you were mentioning your dad. And uh, I think you said that he quit drinking every sa every Sunday. Was that you who said that? Um, Maybe it wasn't. I, I'm could, sure it was. Could. I'm sure it was something you posted. <laughs> I post stuff I, about my dad. And he, it was. You, I think it was something along the lines that you said he he stopped. He quit drinking like every. There was a point in time we well, quit. Well, there were. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I mean, and and when you're a child of an alcoholic, you think that there's going to, hopefully you're thinking that there's going to be a time when if dad just wouldn't drink anymore, my mm -hmm. life would be perfect. Right. right. In fact, I remember when my, my parents kind of announced to the family that they were getting divorced. Um, the, the, I, the one person that was really honest about it, I think was my aunt, my, my dad's little sister. And she was really upset by it. And she knew all the she was the house that we would go to, you know. She she was the evacuation center we would go to, my sister and I, when things were too bad, you know. Um, but she was upset about it. 
<laughs> and she says, well, what do you think about this? And she's sitting there smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and she was like the dean of the business school at University of Colorado. She was an accomplished woman in the 1970s. That was, right. that was That's something. something. So she's sitting there smoking the cigarette. What do you think about it? And I said, oh, I think dad, I don't think dad will drink anymore. <laughs> and she <laughs> laughed. She put down, she, she, she goes, look, I knew your dad before he ever met your mother. Right. He drank that. Right. You know, it's going to be like that. You know, so... You know, dad, dad wrestled with it, but he got, he got to the point where those times were longer and longer right. in between. And he gave us those times, and Alcoholics Anonymous gave us those times, and God gave us those times where we could really bind. And, and he was out there. I mean, he, he you know, you, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you don't have to be as anonymous these right. days, I don't think, as right. they did back then. But, um, you know, he's willing to, like, have his picture in the newspaper at a, at a halfway house he was managing and right. stuff like that. He was willing to go out there and do that, and I'm, I'm really proud of him for that kind of stuff. I appreciate that. It just, when I read that, I was like, man, that's just the, you never stop. You just keep, you yeah. keep trying, right? Every just day. Keep, and keep it up. Um, every day. And, and, and everybody's. Right. Got to, you we know, got, we got our demons. In, in my faith, we call it repentance. Mm-hmm. Most of the world just wants to call it change. change right. You know, yeah. and every, you got to, you got to change, right. you know, you got to change. You if you're grow. not changing, life's really kind of boring. Growth, growth is go. important. Thank you. I appreciate you being being willing to share that. Um, do you have a favorite book you like to to read that you you, know, you go back to or you like, hey, man, you got to read this book? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? I am a huge history buff. Okay. And anything by David McCullough, I just okay. love. 1776. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the books that he wrote that I think is really, really fascinating because it's a, a look into 20th century history, and you can just, as you read the book, you can see the change. He wrote a biography of Harry Truman, okay. which nobody's ever heard of, right? right. But he, he won awards for it, which he wins all the time, I guess. But it's like that thick, you know? But you just read about, you know, the the, the backroom politics that happened and how, how Harry Truman was in it. Now, my father was in boot camp when they dropped the atomic bombs mm. on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So nobody could ever say anything bad right. about Harry Truman well, than my you. dad. Thank right? you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you see that, you know, it, he was yeah. he was having to play the political mm-hmm. games. Great president had to play political games and stuff. And then you just kind of see what the country went through. And I think history, historical perspective is important for people because we see you know like like people that are 45 now that remember when they saw their friends or maybe they were the ones that lost their homes when the right, market fell right. apart now you know that's kind of important to know that right. that kind of I thing remember. can happen you know but you can see that i i never knew that he almost nationalized the railways after world war ii because no. there were strikes you know you just hear the war ended and then it was the baby boom and all this all this great stuff happened right it was tough times so you know i i, I love anything by mccormick uh, you know 1776 where he's talking about washington george washington is just amazing cool. um, we've had the opportunity to go to a lot of those those places and just kind of feel that there's some really amazing things that happened in our country's history. So cool. awesome. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Had a great discussion with you. Um, where can where can people find you? Um, well, Woody Livingston, um, HomeSmart Realty. I'm on Facebook. I've got a website, WoodyLivingston.com. Uh, what about your Metro. phone number? Oh, phone hey. number. Okay, yeah, yeah hey. I do have one of those too. 602 206-9957. I'd love to talk to anybody. 
Awesome. I appreciate you coming. And I promise not to talk as long as I made you talk. (laughs) Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you.